are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is my co-host, Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what's going on, sir? Not much. We're creeping closer to a Monday night uh, tilt versus the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. It's always great to be an Eagles week. I'm certainly excited to be here and talking Cowboys football. Yeah, so we've got a crossover podcast coming, I believe, Friday. Uh, Landon, you and I will do a Monday show where we do a little bit of a preview. We'll talk about some of the action uh, that happened on Sunday. But I actually got a little special segment for you in, in segment three today that I haven't told you about. So we're going yeah, to get to that. This is true. Um, Exciting. But let's get to some injury news. Uh, let's start with Amari Cooper. So mm. Amari Cooper has some, it sounds like bruised ribs. Sounds like it's an injury he suffered in week one against Tampa Bay. He played through it in week two. Uh, it sounds like he's going to be limited this week. He did practice on uh, on Thursday. Um, do you think he plays in this game? Yeah, I do. Uh, simply because, you know, Thursday this week is Wednesday uh, in, in the practice schedule. And if you're practicing even limited on addition on Wednesday, you're probably pretty good to, to, to make it to the week, especially if, as long as there's no setbacks. And with the rib injury, you know, I don't know if they're going to be padded practice. They'll be careful with them. I, I don't know that there'll be kind of any setbacks there. So I do expect that he will uh, tough it out and play uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles. How painful of an injury do you think this is for a receiver, right? Especially, Amari, you're going to be taking shots across the body like he did last week in the end zone. Uh, is it going to be something that hampers his play at all? I mean, it might, it, it might, it may be something that he's just kind of co- uh, cognizant of and, and just, you know, not enjoying taking shots, uh, uh, you know, which could obviously, you know, hurt with his ability to kind of bring balls in. And, and I, I don't know if that's, you know, what kind of caused issues when he was trying to catch that ball in the end zone last week when uh, it was a pretty decent throw right at him. So uh, I, I'm not terribly worried about it because I have a feeling that, uh, you know, most of the Philadelphia Eagles defensive backs won't be touching Amari Cooper. <laughs> as you take a big sip from your drink um yeah i was going to talk about that I, I don't know if you if you remember but amari's pretty good against the eagles yeah. uh yeah. landon in three career home games against philadelphia he's averaging 148 yards per game and a touchdown yeah that's what i was that's what i was kind of referring to i, I don't know how much touching of uh amari cooper the defensive backs of the eagles are going to do you know he's obviously had a ton of success against the eagles I mean, frankly, the Eagles have been kind of notorious for for having a weak back end for a little while now. So uh, it, it makes sense that he would feast upon them. I do feel like I remember Amari. Was it the Eagles that Amari was telling that story about how uh, guys were, were saying that if they trash talk him, that they get him out of his game and then he like ripped <laughs> ripped him apart? I, I have a yeah, feeling that was. he has some revenge on his mind. Uh, uh, from from kind of just the the talk of the Eagles defensive backs from last season. So we'll I see. do find it pretty funny that the Eagles went out and tried to get like Darius Slay. Was it a couple of years ago because they thought yeah. he would slow down Amari? And even last year in week was that week sixteen, uh, they had Slay follow him all over the field, and he had four receptions for 124 yards with Andy Dalton as his quarterback. Yeah, 
Yeah. Amari should be fine. Right. Amari will be fine. Yeah. Now let's, let's assume the worst here. Let's say he plays and gets banged up and it's just clear that he can't go. Are you worried about the offense then? Because now you're down two of your top three playmakers on offense. It's CeeDee Lamb, Cedric Wilson, maybe some Noah Brown. Would you be a little worried then? Yeah, I mean, I mean certainly it's not going to be uh, nearly as easy with down your, you know, two of your top three wide receivers. But I, I think that there's still enough firepower on this offense to do what they need to do to score the points they need to win this game. Um, you know, it's 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 obviously not ideal. You, you, you built this team to have, you know, a dominant receiving core. Uh, so when you're missing two thirds of it, it's, it's, it's an adjustment. Uh, but I think this team has kind of proven that, uh, you know, they, they can win football games on offense, especially multiple different ways. So uh, they, they will find a way to adjust. And, and again, like, I think we, what we've seen from Cedric Wilson is that he's more than capable as a third wide receiver uh, so, you know, I, I just imagine that they'll, they'll, they would use him uh, in, in the two receiver packages yeah. and then probably, you know, reduce the amount of three wide receiver sets they would use uh, Heavily, at, yeah. Yeah. just, you know, kind of move more towards uh, t- two tight ends and two, two running backs, because you still have playmakers there that can, you know, shake things loose and, and, and get down the field if you need to. Yeah. I mean, if they had to go through receiver sets, I, I think they feel comfortable with Noah Brown out there. I just think yeah. the percentage would go way down. You'd see more more of the two tight end sets, you probably see more of two running backs on the field, whether that's Pollard playing in the slot or a pony look in the backfield. They have possible solutions, but of course you don't want to have to get down to those, right? It would be ideal just to keep Amari healthy, keep your traditional three receiver set percentages of what, 65, 70%, maybe even a little bit more when Michael Gallup's healthy. That's that's the way they're going to go. I just hope they can stay healthy and, and execute that way. Uh, any final thoughts on Amari before we move on? No, I mean, I think you know, I expect him to be uh, not 200 by this. You know, I think it's certainly possible that it, it could have an effect, but I, I actually don't imagine that it will. If he's practicing on Thursday, that's my, my guess is it's not too serious, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto parts to customers online for over 20 years they have everything from engine control modules and brake parts motor oil and even new carpet whether it's for your classic or your daily driver get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck Right, locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. All right, Landon, let's get to some other injury news. Uh, first and foremost, Keanu Neal, uh, Mike McCarthy revealed on Wednesday that he has been put on the COVID list. Now, it's not because he tested positive, uh, it's because he is a close contact and is not fully vaccinated. It sounds like he's still waiting to get the next shot, which is fine yeah. for him. Right. Uh, now, the, the deal is you have to be five days removed from the facility and then have a negative test at the end of that. That puts him to Sunday. So it's realistic that he could play in this game. Uh, but if he doesn't, how big of a loss is that for the Cowboys? Well, I mean, it's a good thing that we keep talking about how much depth they have at the linebacker position, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, if, you know, obviously, Neil, it sounds like, uh, you know, could 
make it back for this game. It especially helps that it's a the home game and he doesn't have to worry about making the charter flight and all that stuff. Yep. So uh, <laughs> a, you know, a, a night game, right? So you have a little bit more time. Yeah. It's a one o'clock game, right? Yeah. So well, it's a Monday night game. So it's That's like said, it's, a Monday night game. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it's not. Uh, it's uh, it's a lot more time to to get a give get through all that and do everything. Because if he's cleared on cleared. Sunday morning. He's going to have enough time to learn the game plan. He might even get a right. walkthrough practicing if they're doing one on Sunday. Like he'll be fine. Yeah, and, and you know they can send they can send a lot of stuff to his iPad. It's not like he can't do anything. It's not like he's, he's sick home. either. Like he has no symptoms no. or anything like that. Yeah. Right. So I I feel pretty decently confident that he'll play. Um, I, I think that you know as long as I mean as long as everything kind of goes as we expect, but you know with COVID, who knows? Uh, I, I think that he's played more snaps than I think any linebacker on the on the team so far, as far as yeah. percentage of snaps, if I'm not yep. mistaken. So, uh, you know, there will be, uh, uh, if he's not be able to play, there will be kind of a, uh, a shifting of, of, of snap accounts. 77 uh, but, in week one, 72 in week two. Yeah. I mean, that's high, right? <laughs> so, uh, I think if, if, if you have to readjust, obviously, like we've said, we have a lot of linebacker depth. You, you, you know, Jalen may need to play a little bit more late need, need to be playing more. Uh, you might see uh, uh triple Cox get more snaps uh, at defense. So uh, there's, they have ways to, to kind of mitigate that. And really, I mean, the way Javon curse has been playing, maybe you, you know, look, do some more three safety looks with him down as the nickel backer. Uh, you know, there's, they definitely have ways to kind of get around this, Neil is a, is a good player. I think, you know, he's kind of been working his way into the season so far. He's had some missed tackles, but he's been able to kind of be at the play when the play needs to be made. He just needs to finish a little bit better. Uh, I, I, I hope that he can, he'll get to play this weekend and kind of continue to, to kind of get better. But if he, if he, if he doesn't, the Cowboys have answer, a lot of answers, frankly, yeah. uh, to, to kind of solve this position if they need it. I hope he plays because he is the one linebacker, um, that I think has the speed and athleticism to help spy Jalen Hurts like if they need to. Um, I, I get a little bit worried if that job is left up to Jalen Smith. Not so much worried if it's if it's Van Dresch, but that's where I think he's going to be uh, key. Now, if <laughs> if uh, Keanu Neal doesn't play, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Michael Parsons because Dorrance Armstrong – has been ruled out for this game due to a high ankle sprain. I did see a report from David Moore uh, from the Dallas Morning News, who is typically pretty plugged in with this stuff. Typically, a high ankle sprain is, what, four to six weeks, sometimes a little bit longer. Um, the they said the Cowboys are, have a lot of reasons to be optimistic that it's not going to be that long. So it sounds like a very mild case of a high ankle sprain. Uh, <laughs> Armstrong, I thought, played really well last week. Last week. It's, it's frustrating because it does feel like he's starting to come on yeah, but they have somebody else that's ready to take his snaps in Chauncey Golston. So, uh, just can you talk about that that injury and how big of a loss it is for Dallas? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like like you mentioned that it's probably kind of closer to that two to four uh, time frame than the four to six time frame. You know, that's the thing about high ankle sprain, or that's the thing about ankle sprains, right? You got the low ankle sprain, and then you have high ankle sprain, which feels like it has three different varieties, right? You can have like several different types of high ankle sprains. And it sounds like his is kind of the, the mildest one, but I agree, you know, like, again, uh, there was, there's been skepticism on our part because you and I have been witness to uh, Dorrance Armstrong uh, training camps where it looked like he was an ascending player and then just was not able to translate mm -hmm. it to the regular season. I feel like the through two games, he has translated it to the, the season. We saw him get 
as close as you can to stripping a football from Tom Brady without doing it, I would say. Uh, and then I thought he played yeah. really well against the, the Chargers and increased uh, snaps as well. So, um, you know, not having him against Philly is is, is, is going to be tough. But, again, you, you do have people there. You've got Basham who can play more snaps there if you need. Golston will get his Randy debut. Gregory's I'm, I'm very yep. Randy Gregory's coming back. You know what you've got in, in Parsons to a large degree. So I think that there are opportunities uh, to kind of get some of these people in the mix. I mean, listen, after watching last week, Bradley and I and, and Azir Kamara both had very good games, you know, in the limited snaps they have. So they have bodies to throw at this uh, that they can feel, you know, pretty confident about. And, and again, you know, we may need to talk about it when we get a little bit closer to kind of game planning for the Eagles. But depending on what they may want to do, it, it may want to be kind of more of a mush rush situation. They may want to be yeah. more more uh, concerned about containing Hurts uh, uh, inside the pocket than actually trying to. Uh, burst get around the edge and 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 sack you know i think that that's where he's had some uh success in kind of be- breaking pocket making plays so uh, you know, much like the russell wilson game plan except yep. you know hurts is not he's not quite russell yep. wilson by yep. any stretch so but but similar situation so it, it may uh you know obviously it's not great to to lose some of your your better players and your better backups but this may be a week where uh his role would be kind of adjusted anyway so i, I think the cowboys are yeah. in a good shot yeah yeah, I mean, actually, there, there's a chance that this is a better week for Chauncey Golston anyways, right? Because that's kind of Golston's game is power, right, is to hold yeah. up on the edge. Now, it's a pretty big assignment for Golston in week one without any preseason is to go up against Lane Johnson and Maitai, right? It's just a huge, huge left tackle, but uh, should be interesting to watch. Another guy that's not going to play in this game is Carlos Watkins, who's dealing with a knee injury. And this one I do think is going to hurt them a little bit. We talked about Watkins yesterday how we think he he's played better than Brent Urban. He's been kind of the best guy to pair with Osa Digizua. Um, I, I have no idea how long Watkins is going to be out for. It doesn't seem like it's a season-ending injury, but it does seem like he's going to be out for a few weeks. What do they do inside without him this week? Well, this week it's you know it's just going to be mix and match with what they got. I would not at all be surprised at Justin Hamilton. In fact, I would – be shocked if Justin Hamilton isn't called up from the practice squad this week. Yep. I thought Hamilton showed you all throughout training camp in the preseason that this guy deserves a spot on the team. So th- to see him end up in the tra- uh, on the practice squad was a little bit surprising. So this is going to be another opportunity for kind of him kind of show what he can do, uh, which I felt like has been greatly improved from what we've seen in, in those previous two years. So Hamilton will be a guy they'll mix in there. Uh, obviously, you'll probably see an uptick in Brent Urban snaps uh, there. Uh, you know, uh, until and, and listen, <laughs> I, we talked about it, and everyone else has been now talking about it too. Osa Odigizua is a guy to watch. You know, and and I and feel like he's, he's a guy. proud papa here. I just want to say that. <laughs> I just, I, I'm very, very proud. Uh, and yeah, and, and I think that you know, we, you know, we've been talking about him for a while. I think now is you know the time they're gonna you know lean on him to be a playmaker in the middle. Um, you know, long term, you're hoping that you're gonna get Gallimore back pretty soon. I, we haven't heard anything about Tristan Hill, but he's got to be coming clo- getting close as well. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I see that face, so maybe, maybe not. We'll see, but, uh, I, I think I get ready for his next step with the lions. I'm just, you know. <laughs> we've got, we've got, uh, we've got, you know, re- reinforcements coming. So, so I think, you know, the Cowboys need to get through this game for sure. Um, the good news is that Braden Brooks is not part of this game. So, uh, their interior is weakened as well. 
Um, so I think the Cowboys, you know, look, they've been really good about mixing and matching their fronts to, to, depending on who they face uh, week to week. So I, I have a feeling that they'll be able to find a good combination that allows them to accomplish what they need to accomplish in order to kind of make Hurts uncomfortable up front. Yeah, I just I'm curious to see what they do. I, I don't know if this is a Quinton Bohana game if they want to just try to overwhelm like Landon Dickerson uh, at guard. I I don't know. If that's the plan. Uh, but we shall see. Maybe this is the game that Brent Urban plays really well, or maybe they do bring up Justin Hamilton as you mentioned. Uh, just something to keep an eye on. Uh, let's take one more quick break so I can tell you guys about Bet Online. We are back and better than ever with all eyes now turned to the gridiron. As teams are back to start another football season, as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That is double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Um, all right, Landon, just a couple general Monday night things. Because we haven't had a, a fun Monday night football game in a, lot, a while. Um, yeah. Did you watch the Peyton and Eli broadcast last week? I did, yes. What did it's... you think? Did you like it better than the the usual broadcast it's interesting right like it's it, it it really really reminds me of the kind of coach cast they do for yeah, the yeah. ncaa championship game right exactly, because yep. it's like you don't have the really the fanfare of the of the crowd or or if you do it's kind of like background noise through their tvs right and 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 it's just them no play-by-play really it's more just guys like it's almost like you're watching football with your friends with the tv on mute Right. Yeah, like exactly. it's just because yeah. it's it's just you don't get the immersive uh, uh, kind of situation of watching it with the crowd noise with an, an announcer that makes kind of puts you more into the stadium. This is very analytical. Uh, I actually really, really liked it. I, I, I could see I, I I would be surprised if it's for everybody. In fact, I, I can't imagine that it's going to last very long because I can't imagine that the average football fan likes it. But man, oh, did, you, I, well, did you see it was. It was up 132% from last week, and it crushed the initial broad, like the, the usual broadcast. Did it really? Oh, That's yeah. So it beat about like 70%. That's awesome because I think it's, you know, it's so different, and it's, and it's for football nerds like us, man, it's the best. I mean, not just beyond the Mannings, right? They, just the angles that they show during the broadcast and, and, and all the different stuff. I, I just think it's, it's fascinating. Uh, and I also get the, the the added bonus of just being able to constantly dunk on Eli and how awkward he looks all the time, which is just awesome. So I love okay, it. Okay, here, here's my question. Would that show be better if it was just Peyton? Like just three hours of Peyton watching the game? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Eli, that, what does Eli offer you in that at all? Except for he just – I don't know. Maybe just someone – face for, every once in a while. Yeah, he's – Every once in a while, you get you get Peyton dunking on him, which is nice. But yeah, I mean, it was it was you know it's funny. They have guests and stuff, right? And they had Brett Favre on. I was like, what is Brett Favre gonna tell you about this? Like, Brett no, he was even to, watching the game. <laughs> yeah, he even, I mean, he even during the broadcast, like Brett Favre was like, yeah, they used to have to have a guy in the Jets that translated all the plays uh, for West Coast Lingo <laughs> so I could run them. I mean, it just shows you like Brett Favre is like Deion Sanders, like 
why are we talking X's and O's with those guys? Yeah. Like they don't, they're just talented folks that you put on the field. They're not like, yeah. you know, football gurus in that sense. So I, I, I will say, I think when they had Pat McAfee on there, that was good. Just give me Peyton was, and Pat McAfee. That was a lot of fun. I, no, I'll do that for sure. Because, because Pat's crazy and I love him. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, all right. A couple other Monday night questions. What's your, your traditional Monday routine for a big game like this? Because it's always a little different. You you're waiting all day long. What's the food situation look at your look like at your house for a, a big Monday night game? That this doesn't. So for Monday nights, like it, it I don't have a routine. My routine is okay. I, I have to make sure I get all. And remember, I'm a West Coaster, right? So yeah, Monday nights start. Monday nights start for me at 5 p.m. So while I'm still at work. So really, it's a race all day Monday to get your day's work done so that by that last hour of work, you can not feel so guilty about watching the game. Uh, and yeah, so there's not a ton of like, you know, food prep. It's not Sunday night. You know, it's not okay. uh, it's not Sunday for me. It's more like when you're a West Coaster, it, it happens during your work day. So it's like it, you have to kind of get through work and then suddenly kind of very quickly change your mindset to watching some football. And if the Cowboys, you know, it's when the Cowboys are playing on a Monday night, it's, it's just stress, honestly, because it's like the stress to like get everything done so that you can focus on the game and, and, and uh, it, it could be a lot, but I, I still love it. I still love Monday night football. And even when the, the announcing got, and oh, yeah. things are kind yeah. of, it, there's just still something about Monday night football that I'll always kind of hold dear. Uh, I want to come back to that part in just a second, but for an East coast fan, like if, if your team is not playing on Monday night football, it's all about trying to conserve energy all day long. Yeah. Cause that game is yeah. going to get over at like midnight on the East coast. Yeah. And you just had a, a long weekend of watching football all day on Sunday. So it's all about trying to make sure you line up the coffee breaks to, to match yeah. up for the game. But if it's your team, it's, it's really exciting. Right. And yeah. I'm typically so wired after the game that I can't sleep for like three or four hours. Uh, but it, I mean, it's a lot of fun. Last, last Monday night question for you. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite Monday night football broadcasting team? Cause everybody has their favorites that they, they really enjoy. Do you have one? I mean, it's, I mean, you know, I grew up with the, uh, you know, the, was it the Summerall and, uh, or, uh, not summer. I'm getting my broadcast teams mixed up. I, I, I would say like, you know, the, the, the group that kind of made it, famous through the nineties is really what, you know, my favorite group. I, I just feel like since they've, you know, the last, what is it? The last 10 years, five years, it starts to roll. You know, they've kind of been rotating in and out yeah. groups yeah. And, and it's just, they never really found a, a great combination, you know? So uh, that's, and that's another reason that I really like the, 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 the Peyton and, and Eli thing is that, you know, like it's, it's not working just trying to find all these different combinations. Let's try something different. And yeah. I, I think this is really different and I like it a lot. Yeah. For me, I mean, I was like, I'm trying to think how old I was like 11 or 12 when it was Al, Al Michaels and John Madden. I'm trying to think like, yeah, yeah 2003 when Quincy Carter had that great play to Antonio Bryant, that was Al Michaels and John Madden. I, I don't know I'm, if it's ever going to get better than that. Those, those guys are fantastic. I still consider, you know, that's because crazy because after they moved all that to Sunday night, you know, I that's mm-hmm. my brain still thinks of that as the Sunday. Well, they were night. there for a while on Monday Night Football. Though. Yeah, or Michaels was. They were not- way longer as Monday Night Group than Sunday, but it's just yes. like because they changed, it's my brain. But you're right, like that's the group I'm, I'm I was trying to reach for, and I, I just couldn't remember for sure if that was. I again, I associate them with Sunday Night, but yeah, that's definitely the best group. I mean, I look, I've 
I've never personally loved, and this is going to be, I mean, I can't believe we're about to end the podcast with this. I've never been a huge John Madden fan. And and I think, I think not, it's only because I feel like I want more advanced football talk and Madden is so great for just the layman, you know, like explaining the basics. And that's, I love that. And I, and I love that for what he does for the, for the NFL community, but for my personal needs, I would rather have Peyton Manning and like, you know, Eli talking about the, the, the protections and about, you know, the passing concepts while the game's going on, uh, as opposed to, uh, now, what they're trying to do here is make sure they score a touchdown. And so, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of, you know, my my two cents on on that crew. I, I was going to do this little game with you. I, just really quickly before we go. Yes yeah. or no yeah. on these color commentators from Monday Night Football. Are you ready? All right, let's do it. Let's okay, do it. so obviously John Madden is a no for you, right? Well, I, no, I, 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 he's a yes in the grand scheme of things, but I don't – you know, okay. I would not choose him personally. I, I okay. but I do think he's incredible, of course. All right, uh, Tony Kornheiser. No, <laughs> you remember when he was on there for a little bit? Yes, because yes. that big Cowboy Bill game. He was the uh, color co- color commentator for that one. Uh, so bad. Dennis Miller. No, 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 no. <laughs> Absolutely uh, not. Dan Fouts. He's okay. He's. Oh, you know, he's I mean, it's you know, yeah. He's he's pretty good. Uh, Lynn Swan. That was like in the eighties. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of vaguely remember that. Um, okay. Yeah, o- he was, he was pretty good. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> uh, and that's the way we're going to end the show, Lane. That's probably the beginning. best way to end the show. Yeah, uh, I hope no they comment. find that real killer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you guys can download the podcast wherever you want to download podcasts. I guess this is probably our last one. We really appreciate <laughs> probably our last you guys one, so. uh, supporting really us through the years. Uh, Lockdown <laughs> Cowboys at McCoolBCB. You can follow Lane. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you next time.